0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the 30th episode of the Grow Your Own Food Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and I am going to be giving you a little bit of advice at the start of seed starting season, which honestly for me is like the most exciting part of the year. And that advice is going to pertain specifically to how to shop a seed catalog. And that might not sound like something you need advice for. We all know how to shop, right? But when it comes to seeds, there are certain things that you should think about and look for. So that's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. When you were a kid, I don't know if you ever did the thing where you got like the toy store or the department store catalog before Christmas and you would go through and you would like circle things or star things or put little sticky notes next to things that you really wanted your parents to buy you for Christmas, it is really hilarious how seed catalogs are exactly like that for me. I get super excited about every single one of them that I get in the mail. Some a little bit more than others because some are absolutely gorgeous and even if they're like last year's, I still keep them on my shelf just because the cover is so pretty I'm talking specifically about Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds. Their catalog is just ridiculous. It's gorgeous every single year. I don't know how they do it. But going through a seed catalog, especially if you're a beginning gardener, can feel kind of overwhelming. And even if you aren't a totally beginning gardener, even if you've been gardening for a little bit, you might not be getting the most out of your seed catalog shopping experience. So I'm going to go over some tips that I use when shopping seed catalogs that might help you out a little bit. The first thing I do is just get all my catalogs together and I mark every single thing that catches my eye. Again, like when you're a kid and, and you just thought Santa was gonna bring you everything, just go nuts, seriously. Make sticky notes or circle things. I like to use sticky notes just because it's easier to find the pages and that way I don't miss anything. I mean, seed catalogs are really good at tempting you with the amazing pictures inside. that That's their job. So just give in to that temptation. Get it out of the way. Mark every little thing your heart desires, and it'll be really satisfying. Then... <laughs> narrow things down. As a writer, it's funny. It's hard for me sometimes to edit my own work and the same goes for picking out seeds. It's hard for me to edit down my choices. And so what I do to help me narrow things down is to use logic. The first things to go are like the super gorgeous, exotic things that they look beautiful and fun to grow, but they're really kind of impractical and you're not going to eat a lot of it, or it's not going to grow well in your climate. Alien-like passion fruit or those jewel-toned lima beans that nobody in your house is going to eat. Your kids probably hate lima beans, right? You know, the delicate white and lavender asparagus. Unless you know for a fact that you're going to eat them, that you're going to be dedicated to growing them, no matter how difficult growing them might be, go ahead and just cross them off your list. The next tip, which is probably my favorite tip, and I read it in this book that I have called The Vegetable Gardener's Bible. It's a great book, by the way, is to go for flavor and storage potential when you're looking at the seed catalog listing. If flavor isn't among one of the first few traits listed in the description, take it off your list of potential seeds. So you might have some tomatoes that look absolutely beautiful. If they don't mention the flavor of those tomatoes at all, don't even bother because honestly, what's a tomato without great taste? And if those tomatoes tasted really great, they would tell you a lot of the times instead of flavor they'll tell you about like their disease resistance their pest resistance their high yield their drought resistance they'll tell you about those things instead so if you are a stickler for flavor especially for things like tomatoes look for that to be one of the first few things that they mention another thing to think about is if you're going to be storing any of the vegetables that you grow over the winter make sure that storage and shelf life is something that is listed in that seed catalog description. Because if it's not, chances are it might not store that well. Because just like taste, if it's stored really well, they would tell you about it. They would list it as a key feature. When it comes to potatoes, when it comes to onions or garlic, look for listings that talk about long shelf life or storage life if you're planning on storing things for for winter use. Another tip for that is to go online and see what fellow gardeners have to say about the seeds you're considering in terms of taste and longevity. You've got it narrowed down to like two or three and you just like cannot make up your mind. One of the forums out there that's really good and discusses a lot of topics is the National Gardening Association. I mean these people talk about all kinds of things. And, you know, among those are seeds and varieties that are people's go-tos. They're tried and true. They taste amazing. They store really well. So if you cannot make up your mind, it's sometimes it's like reading the reviews before you make an online purchase, right? (laughs) Making sure that other people have good things to say about it before you buy it. The next tip I have would be to nix the repeats. So I force myself to choose one type of cherry tomato, one type of sauce tomato, and one type of slicing tomato per year. And this can be really painful because what is better than homegrown tomatoes at the height of summer, right? Nothing. I eat the first one that ripens like an apple. i pick it off the plant and I just eat it while I'm walking around the garden. I do it every year. It's one of my favorite things. Unless you have a specific need for more than one sauce tomato or more than one cherry tomato or you're just really into experimenting with varietals or you have a really huge garden and you can afford the space, I would say stick to one seed per type of veggie or per type of vegetable kind of classification like cherry sauce or slicing tomatoes. My next tip would be to think back to last season. Seeds only last so long. And if you bought seeds last year, chances are you have some left over. So think about the ones you bought last year. Do you have any that need to be used up? What were the results from that seed? Did they grow into really prolific plants that were really, really tasty? Or were they like kind of duds and you're kind of like, meh, I, I don't really need to grow those again. If that's the case, that's totally fine. You can get rid of those. You can give them away to somebody else. You can try um, signing up for a seed swap and sending them to somebody in another climate who might have better luck with them. I would recommend that over just like throwing seeds out just because that's kind of wasteful. But honestly, if you had really good results with the seed that you bought last year you might just want to suck it up and use last year's leftover seed especially if you are working on a budget. Now I know the temptation to get something new is really strong and I'm going to cover that here in a second so don't worry. My next tip would be to decide whether or not you want to save seed. I covered this in my Podcast episode about the difference between heirloom and hybrids, but really quick, heirloom plants produce fruit um, if they have seeds inside. They're they're considered a fruit. They produce viable seed. So if you're wanting to save seed, you need to grow heirloom variety. you need to buy heirloom seeds because if you buy hybrid seed, that seed was genetically engineered. So it was maybe like some genes from tomato plant A mixed with a little bit of genes from tomato plant B and a dash of tomato plant C to come up with this like super tomato seed that's really disease resistant, really tasty and grows really big. But the thing is, is if you try to plant that seed, it's not going to grow true to type. Maybe it'll get really big, but it won't taste great and it won't be disease resistant or it'll be disease resistant, but it won't taste great and it won't get very big. So make sure when you read through that seed catalog listing to pay attention whether or not it's an heirloom variety or if it's a hybrid seed. And if you're wanting to save seeds from year to year, get heirloom seeds. Finally, and this is where buying something new comes in, splurge on one or two new things. I like to do this with things that I have never grown before. So for instance, last year it was celery. I'd never grown celery before. I always end up craving something cool and crunchy in the summertime. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to grow my own celery. There's eggplant. There's peanuts. Peanuts were one of those things that I got a wild hair and I was just like, Oh my gosh, how cool would it be if I grew my own peanuts? That's crazy. So I would say splurge on a new thing that's like that, that's something new and different. It's going to teach you something new about a new type of plant. By all means, if you want to splurge on a new variety of something you have grown before, I'm not gonna judge you for that. I'm not gonna be there. Nobody's gonna know. Make sure that you're meeting that need in that everybody has to try something new um, by getting one or two new things. But overall, you know, like I said, make sure that you're using up the seed from last year or sharing it with friends who garden or participating in a seed swap so that it doesn't go to waste. So those are my tips for seed catalog shopping. If you don't know how to get your hands on seed catalogs, you know what? It's really easy. All you have to do is go to that seed seller's website and sign up. Typically, you have to give them your email address, but they'll ask you, like, would you like a copy of our most recent seed catalog? Just like check that box for yes. And a few weeks later, it'll end up in your mailbox. And then after that, they will send it to you every year and a lot of times because our information gets sold to all kinds of companies without us knowing about it sometimes ordering from one seed company will end up you know making it so that you get seed catalogs from like a bunch of seed companies without ever signing up for them which honestly not a bad thing as long as you recycle those seed catalogs so that's it for today i hope you found these tips helpful Make sure to listen in next time because I am going to be talking about the top 10 mistakes that people make when seed starting. It's going to be a fun one and there's going to be lots of information packed in there. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you have time and you wouldn't mind, I would love if you head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts from and leave a review or if you have a question you can go to my podcast's um, page on anchor so it's anchor.fm slash grow your own food and there's an option there to leave a voice review but it doesn't have to even be a review if you don't want to you can ask a question that's perfectly fine and i'll do my best to answer your question in the next episode thanks so much guys and i will see you in the next episode thanks for listening to the grow your own food podcast Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.